Hi there, this is Jacob Msiba, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Continuing Bazalwane with uh, our theme, Christ Incorporated, and this morning the title of my message is The Spirit of Excellence. Somebody say the spirit of excellence. Say it again, the spirit of excellence. We are going to be looking into how can we position ourselves for prosperity through the spirit of excellence. And uh, Daniel also prospered. He prospered in Babylon, in a place where he was not even regarded as a native. But he prospered by reason of the spirit of excellence. Because the Bible says the spirit of excellence was upon him. In the book of Daniel, chapter number 6, verse number 3, the Bible says, Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governor's and and Cyprus because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to to setting him over the whole realm. Why? Because the spirit of excellence was upon him. Now in the book of Proverbs, chapter number 22, you can turn with me there if you have your Bible. Proverbs, chapter number 22, Verse number 29, the Bible says, Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. I love it even in the TPT translation. It says, If you are uniquely gifted in your work, you will, you will rise and be prominent and be promoted You won't be held back. You will stand before kings. And in the New Living Translation, it says, Do you see any truly competent in working? They will never, um, sorry, they will serve kings rather than working for ordinary people. So in other words, the Bible here teaches us that If we excel in what we do, if we are excellent and competent in what we do, we will stand before influential people. We will not stand before any person, but we will stand before influential people. It means we we will be able to stand before people who can play a critical role in as far as our destinies are concerned and also in as far as our prosperity is concerned because remember we said that God uses people so excellence positions you to stand before people whom God can use for you to be promoted and for you to prosper in what you are doing now when we read the book of first kings chapter number 10 which is going to be our main focal point this morning you will realize that King Solomon and the Queen of Sheba, they are drawing a very beautiful picture of excellence and what excellence can do, what excellence can cause a person to experience in their lives. Somebody say amen. Amen. 
This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I love the story of King Solomon and the, uh, and the Queen of Sheba. And I believe that one day I will write a book about the Queen of Sheba. I admire her a great deal. Somebody say amen. amen. So we are going this morning to draw uh, some lessons from what took place in the book of Kings, chapter number 10. So we are going to read verse number 10 uh, because I, I promise you what we are going to draw from this story is going to help us to be able to excel in our callings. Somebody say amen. amen. So First Kings chapter number 10, verse number 10, the Bible says, then she gave, talking about the Queen of Sheba, then she gave the king 120 talents of gold, spices in great quantity, and precious stone. There never again came such abundance of spices as the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. So excellence is going to distinguish you. Excellence is going to position you for favor. Excellence is going to position you for success. Excellence is going to position you for help because from time to time, as people of God, we need help. If you say you don't need help, you are lying to yourself because everyone that you admire, everyone that you see doing great and mighty things in this world, they are a product of help. They have been helped by somebody. God has used someone to help them push them to the correct direction so that they can prosper in what they are doing. What we normally see is the end product of help. What we usually see is the results of being helped. All of us are helped by God, but God uses people to also help us to push us to the correct direction. The person who gave you that promotion at work was used by God to be your helper. The person who gave you that business deal was used by God to be your helper. The person who gave you a good advice that caused you to change your mind and become a better person was used by God to help you along the way. We are all products of help. So when we are excellent in what we do, then we are positioning ourselves to be easy to be helped. It's easy to help someone whom you know they are going to put your help to good use. It is very painful to help somebody who will trivialize your help, who will look down upon your help, who will not use your help in an effective manner. There is nothing as painful as helping, say for instance, you have siblings or you have extended family that you want them to succeed just like you. Say maybe you are now successful and you just want to sort out your family as well, but they are just not there at all. You are the only one who wants them to succeed but themselves. Everyone else wants them to succeed, to succeed but themselves. You try each and every day. I was once talking to somebody who even was almost uh, in tears. We were, talk, we were sitting and we were talking, my husband and I and, uh, and, and that couple as well. And the man almost cried tears because he's very, very successful and highly educated. 
and he wanted to bring his family along. However, none of them are serious about what he is trying to help them with. He buys things so that they can start businesses, they run them down. Builds a beautiful house so that at least they can be comfortable. The house, when you get there, the house is in ruins. Uh, uh, you take them to school, they go and they play, and you pay, they go and they play, they don't pass. In fact, they are not even serious about that school that you have paid for. They don't, they don't value anything that you are trying to help them with. It is very painful to help someone who does not carry the spirit of excellence, who does not want to excel in their lives. But when we excel, we are positioning ourselves for great help. Because if you are excellent, everyone who is able to help will help you. Because they can see that you will put their help into good use. Somebody say amen. amen. So now, when you excel, you will be placed before kings. When you excel, you will find yourself being placed before kings. Why? Because it is important that when people clap for you, you must look around who is clapping for you. If it is not kings yet, in whatever industry that you are in, keep going. Don't have, don't have the I have arrived mentality. Look around who is clapping for you. It's nice to have the applause of men, but you must look around who are they. Because the applause of men can cause you to even not excel anymore and be mediocre and think you have arrived. Because there are those who are clapping for you. But this morning I have an advice for you. You must keep on going in your excellent ways if it is not kings that are are clapping for you. So the claps of men are good. I once had someone say, eat them like a chappies and spit them out and move forward. There's quite a lot to be done still. Until you find yourself having kings and great kings, great people clapping for you. And then you can say, Lord, I thank you because I have now arrived. But the arrived mentality that we have with just the small applauses of men, men who actually don't even matter that long, that that much, who are not going to take us to the next level. Some of us are very happy to go and be around those we are better than. I'm not saying you need to compare yourself to others, but I'm just giving you a principle that don't be the one-eyed man all the time. Because in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. So if you are always around the blind, you will be king and you will think you have arrived. Check who you surround yourself with so that then you can be moved to the next level. Be around people who can challenge you to excel even more so that you can go to higher heights. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now we need to always desire to excel. Don't just be a husband, be an excellent husband. Don't just be a wife, be an excellent wife. Don't just be a student, be an excellent student. Don't just be an employee, be an excellent 
employee. Why? Because we need to desire to be excellent, be an excellent businessman in such a way that everyone knows that when I have failed everywhere else, if I can just go and sit down with so-and-so, they are going to deliver. There are so many business people who want to succeed and be prosperous. However, when you try them to give them a business deal, you even, you, you, you regret. Yeah. Why? Because they are not excellent in what they are doing. They don't excel in what they're doing. They don't carry the spirit of of excellence so that they can say, I have a name to uphold. So they have nothing to uphold. So you are giving them business, but they have nothing to uphold. In fact, they are okay where they are. They have nothing to uphold. And therefore, as much as, as in, in fact, there's a lady in Pinoni who had a supplier, she runs a business, and she had a supplier. She lost the client because of her supplier. She was going to be able to deliver on time, but the supplier did not carry the spirit of excellence, and therefore, she even sabotaged the poor woman who was going to be able to deliver on time and deliver properly. However, she just did business with someone who does not carry the spirit of excellence. We need to desire to carry the spirit of excellence because God is also an excellent God. His name is even excellent. That's what the Bible says. It says his name is excellent. We serve an excellent God. We serve a God who wants to do things in decency and in order. If you don't believe me, I'm glad I am in Deben. You can just go by the beach. Who can be able to say stop to the sea? And design it not to come and bother people in the inland. Who? It is his, the way this water, it's like when you look at the sea, you can see that this water can swallow you up in no time. But God gives it parameters. Because he's an excellent God. He's an excellent God. Look at you. Who would have thought of something like you? He's an excellent God. Just in case you did not think, you did, you did not think that you matter and that you are beautiful. You are, you are wonderfully made. Yeah. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. When you are, yes, yes. God, God showed his excellence through you. I mean, designing a man. To be what a man is. And then after that, take out a woman. Yeah. A, a woman is even... Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So we need to desire to be excellent. We need to desire to be people of excellence because the God that we serve is also excellent and he wants us to excel. God wants us to be like him. Because he's an excellent God, he also wants us to excel. Somebody say amen. amen. So to excel, it means to be exceptionally good at what you do or proficient in an activity or a subject. Also, to be excellent means that you are a person 
who is able to take the little that they have and do their best with it. Then you are an excellent person that even if the resources do not match to what you want to produce, but you produce excellent things even though you don't have much to use, even though you don't have much at your disposal, but still you, 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 you produce excellent results. So you take the little that you have and you do your best with it. In the book of Philippians, chapter number one, verse number 10, the Bible says that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. So the Bible here advises us that we need to approve the excellent things. We need to train ourselves not to only approve the, ex the things that are excellent, but also to, I mean, it teaches us not only to see and admire the things that are excellent, but also to approve the things that are excellent. So even if they can say that you are making yourself better than others, it's okay. Maybe you are actually are better than others. Because how come they are saying you think you are better? It's probably because they can see that you are better. In most cases, when they say you think you are better, it is because they can see that you are better than them. You are taking the little that you have and you are doing your best with it. And the spirit of excellence is coming upon your life. Somebody say amen. amen. So don't lower your standards just because somebody else is mediocre. Don't lower your standards just because somebody else is going to be insecure. Do not fit into people's insecurities by lowering your standards. In most cases, when we are around people who don't care about excellence, they then say to us, they try to make things difficult for us, but we need to ensure and tell ourselves we are not going to lower our standards to accommodate people's insecurities. But we will always uphold our excellent standard and make sure that we allow God to cause us to go to higher heights. Somebody say amen. Yeah. So please don't even argue next time when people say you think you are better, but we, uh, we are also not working. Uh, how come you are, you are working? You want the boss to love you. Yeah, it's okay because well, I'm positioning myself for promotion. So if the boss likes me, then the boss is going to promote me. So then it means my strategy is working. Somebody say amen. So I am not going to lower my standards so that when you can be comfortable in your me mediocrity. No. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, do not be average, but always aim to stand out. That's what excellence is about. Aim to stand out at all times. We need to excel. And then when we excel, we will stand before great people, just like Solomon and just like the queen of Sheba. Somebody say amen. amen. Now there are people that God will bring our way, but they must find us building our lives, building our families, building our callings in an excellent manner. Now there are this morning seven lessons that we are going to draw from King Solomon who greatly excelled 
in fulfilling the purpose of God for his life when he was building the temple of God. He excelled in it and fulfilled his purpose and became very prosperous through excellence. So we also want that end product to become very prosperous uh, through the spirit of excellence. Number one, excellent strategies. We must build wisely. First Kings 10, that is verse 4, a, it says, and when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, so the, king of, the queen of Sheba saw the wisdom of Solomon. So we need to be wise. We must be builders that are wise. When we build our lives, when we build our callings, when we build our families, we need to put wisdom in the equation and build wisely. We must employ wise strategies to build our families, to build our callings, and to build our lives. So this morning, the question is, what strategy do you have to get to the next level? The next level of your business, the next level of your career, the next level of your family, the next level of your life. Each and every one of us aspire to get to the next level. There is always the place on top if we are interested. There is always another level. There is always the next in God. And it is up to us to employ some wise strategies to make sure that we get to the next level. But I want us to even pause and ask ourselves, what strategies do I have for the next level? Or am I complacent where I am? Am I okay where I am? Or do I desire the next level? And if I do desire the next level, then there must be strategies that I put in place that are very much excellent so that I can be able to build wisely. wisely. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter number 24, verse number 3. It says, wise people are builders. So since you are a builder, you are wise. It says wise people. So yeah, you, it, it's in the Bible. Come on. <laughs> it says wise people are builders. They build families, businesses, communities, and through intelligence and insight, their enterprises are established and they endure. So their enterprises are not only established, but they stand the test of time. Why? Because they build wisely. So what strategies have you put in place for your next level? You need to build wisely. Number two, excellent building. You must build to glorify God. That is excellent building. If you're engaged in building your life, in building your career, in building your business, in building uh, your marriage, in building your family, you need to build it to the glory of God. It must be built to the glory of God. So what kind of a life or of a family, of a career or of a business are you building? Are you building for yourself or are you building unto the glory of God? King Solomon, the Bible says the house that he built, he, he built uh, for the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. And in the book of Genesis, chapter number 11, verse number 4, the Bible says, And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves 
So the people who were building the Tower of Babel, they did not build to the glory of God. They were not building so that God may be glorified, but they were building so that their names may be seen, so that their names may be known, so that they may be bigger than others maybe. But then God came and destroyed what they were building because it was not giving glory unto the Lord. So if we are not building our lives, our families, our callings unto the glory of the Lord, we stand a chance of having it being destroyed by God himself. God is able to work against a man if a man does not build to glorify God. God does not want to share his glory with another. That is how the enemy was, 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 was kicked out of heaven. Why? Because the enemy who is Satan himself, he wanted to be, to be in the place of God. He wanted to take the glory that belongs to God and God said no ways I can never share my glory with anyone else and therefore you must be kicked out of heaven and never come back ever again and also when they were building the tower of Babel God said because you are building it to make a name for yourself this has got nothing to do with me and therefore he came and destroyed it and the Bible says the reason why he destroyed it, it is because he said it means anything that they put their mind to, they will achieve. In other words, even if it is not in my will, they can achieve. So therefore, and he destroyed it. So we must build unto the glory of God. It must not be about us. After all, it has never been about us. The reason why you are even alive, you are here on earth, it is because of the purpose of God. It points back to God. So everything that you are going to do here on earth, you must build it unto the glory of God. Then you are safe and God will not work against you. Somebody say amen. Also in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 31, the Bible says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Whatever you do, do all unto the glory of God. And you will see yourself excelling and you will see yourself prospering in all that you do. Maybe the mistake that you have made in your marriage, maybe the mistake that you have made in your business, in your career, and whatever it is that you are building is to remove God in the equation. Maybe this morning, the best thing that we can do for ourselves is to bring God back to his place where he belongs, to say, Lord, this is all unto your glory. This has got nothing to do with me, but it has got everything to do with your purpose and your, uh, your glory as well. Somebody say amen. amen. Whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. All of it. All of it. Everything. Don't say, okay, this one can be unto your glory, but then this one is mine. Let everything that you are building be unto the glory of God. Number three. Excellent food. Build with the right diet. What does that mean? It means, what are you feeding your mind with? 
Whatever that your mind is full of is what is going to reflect in what you are building. Verse number five of First Kings chapter number 10. Uti, the queen of Sheba, saw the food on the table. When she visited King Solomon in the temple, she saw the food on the table, the diet, in other words, what they were eating, what they were feeding themselves with. Now, knowledge and understanding is food for our minds. And God is not ignorant in the fact that we need to have knowledge and understanding. Last week I spoke about light, that the the word of the Lord is the light uh, that needs to shine so that we can be able to see where we are going, to see what is the purpose of God for our lives, to see how to navigate through life, how to navigate through the purpose and the destiny that God has given us. So this is what the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah. Chapter number three, verse number 15, it says, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart. That's what God says. It is God who is speaking here. He says, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Why? Because God knows that if we are going to prosper in what he has called us to do here on earth, knowledge and understanding is very much critical. Now there is a difference between knowledge and understanding. There are many people who have knowledge but they don't have understanding. And if you don't have understanding, then you will not be able to apply what you have learned. If you only acquire knowledge but you don't understand the knowledge that you have acquired, you will not be able to put it into practice. So there is knowledge, there is understanding, and then there is wisdom. But we are not there today. So now, the kind of food that you are feeding your mind will always determine your mindset. That's how we build our mindset. What we feed ourselves. So in case you don't like the results that you see, say for instance in your marriage, then look around who is feeding you in as far as marriage is concerned. And what are they feeding you? Then your mindset will be shaped according to what you are being fed. Your mindset will, that's how the mind works. Whatever that you are fed, will, then the mindset will take that shape. When you are at university and they are giving you knowledge about engineering, that's how your mindset will be uh, 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 constructed in such a way that you will find yourself being a person who solves things in an engineering way. Why? Because you have information in as far as that is concerned. People who work with numbers, they only understand, in fact, they, they... Please correct me if I'm I'm wrong, uh, Sis Maria. Right, because when you work with numbers, like there is a certain there's a certain mindset that you have, you know, and you don't become creative at all, because you are you are a person of systems. You are people of the flow. How does it flow? How did I get there? Am I correct? And then when it's time to be creative, like a glitchy up somehow, 
Like, <laughs> also with creative people, there is a certain mindset that they have and their minds have been constructed in that manner in such a way that when you give them notes, like in, it's like as if there is something wrong because like they just want to be creative. That's all that they want. Hallelujah. So the same thing with uh, the philosophies of life. That when you feed yourself with the philosophies of life that are not building your life, your family, your business, your calling, your career, it's not going to be excellent and you will not prosper in it. So you must check the diet that you eat. You must check what is it that you feed your mind with. How do you excel in what God has called you to do? You excel by feeding yourself the correct diet. Somebody say amen. Same with a relationship with God. If you want to excel in a relationship with God, you must feed yourself with the correct diet. Somebody say amen. So that's uh, also in the book of Proverbs, chapter number 23, verse number 7. The Bible says, for as the man thinks in his heart, so is he. So how you shape your mind is how your thought patterns are going to be. That is why when you have heard a song, even if it's a bad song, but it gets stuck in your mind, and then you hear yourself singing this song. I remember on New Year's Eve one day, we, we were busy with the song. I can't remember we, which song was being played at church, but it was not a, 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 a church song per se. And then the following week, he then, he then said, I, don't, I can't remember whether it was on Sunday or, when, or during the week when we were together. He then said, Hi, man. Why? Because, because, because he had that song over and over and over and over. So if you shape your mind hearing things over and over and over again, you are going to be what you hear. That is why I once said, uh, impartation does not ask for permission. So when someone is busy constantly speaking over your life, you get that impartation and your mind is shaped by the information that that person gives to you. And impartation comes upon you and you end up behaving how you are being taught. Even without you realizing that you are now behaving like how you are being taught. That is why it is important to cut what you put in your mind. God what you put in your mind. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Number four, excellent processes. Build with excellent processes. Still in verse number five, it says the sitting of his servants. That's what the queen of Sheba saw in the temple of King Solomon. So this speaks to us about building through structures and systems. The Bible says in the NLT version of this scripture, it says the organization of his officials and their splendid clothing. So in other words, they were excellent in the processes that they employed in the structures and in the systems that they had put in place. Don't build anything without structure, without any system. Try and be systematic somehow. You know, like when you don't 
put a system in place to guide you how you are going to execute your day, you end up being all over the show and you end up doing nothing. You never become productive to a level that which you can actually be if you are a person who is unstructured. So when you put, you build structures and you put systems in place, you are positioning yourself for success. You are positioning yourself for prosperity in what you are doing. No matter how small your business can be, no matter how small your position can be, maybe at your workplace, try and put some systems in place and put structure in your life, put structure in what you are doing and you will be surprised how productive you will be and once you become productive, everyone who matter will see that you are actually very much productive in what you are doing. But it starts with building excellent processes, building through structures and systems. Don't wait to be told how to structure yourself. You can sit down and think to say, okay, on Mondays, this is what I normally do. And therefore, I'm going to write it down. So when I get to, uh, when I get to the office in the morning, this is what I am going to do. This is what is needed from me on Monday. I have a meeting on Tuesday. It means I must go back to what happened on, uh, in the previous Tuesday and what is it that I was supposed to do and check the list. Have I done this? Have I done this? Have I done this? Have I done this? So that by the time you get to the meeting, you are prepared to say, this is what I have done and this is what I am planning to do. Yeah. And this is the feedback. Simple. Why? Because you have learned to structure yourself. Structure yourself. In your family, you can be able to structure yourself. There are people whom you can counsel uh, in marriage, and you can see these people love each other and everything is okay. Like, they are beautiful together and they love one another. They, everything is fine. It's just that there is no excellency in how they conduct themselves. How you conduct yourself, it should start with you. Have structure in your own life and have structure in conducting your family. Because if you don't have structure yourself, you will not have structure even in conducting your business, in conducting your family, in conducting your career. You will not have structure. Put some uh, structures in place. And I promise you, you will be setting yourself up for prosperity in your career, in your marriage, and in your business. Structure yourself orderly and say to yourself, okay, so this is what I am supposed to do and you structure yourself in as far as that is concerned. If you are supposed to take the children to school and then you, you structure yourself to say, okay, so if I go, even if the children start school at, at half past seven, but because I need to be early at work and it takes me 45 minutes to get to school, then it means I must take my children to school at quarter past seven so that they can wait. No, nothing will happen to them. They will be at school. Then I will be at work on time. You have structure. Simple. It's very simple because if you don't do that, then the kids are always late. Then you are also always late. And then when you are always late and the kids are always late and then you get a letter from the teachers and then the party who is not taking, who is not taking the kids to school is now angry because you are the one who is wrong. That's why we are getting the letter from the school. It is because you are not taking the kids to school. Unnecessary. Very much unnecessary. 
This can be corrected just by structuring yourself. To say, it means if I need to be at school at quarter past, at quarter past seven, then I must wake up at such and such a time because it takes me this much time to get ready. You are structuring yourself. It sounds simple, but you're shy. But that can position us for prosperity. That can position us to get to the next level. Be structured. Somebody say, be structured. Excellent processes, then that is when you are building through structures and systems. Number five, excellent service. The Bible says the service of his waiters and their apparel. This is what the Queen of Sheba saw in the temple. Excellent service, built with the attitude of servanthood. Because pathways that lead to greatness are through servanthood. Do not aspire to be big to the, ex to the extent that you don't appreciate servanthood. No matter how big you can get, never lose the servanthood spirit. That's how you will excel. Be a good steward of what you have been entrusted with. And that's how you will excel. Have the spirit of servanthood have the heart of servanthood that even if you are a CEO, but tell yourself, I need to have the spirit of servanthood so that I can excel in my role. Because if you don't serve, then you are not going to excel in your role. No matter how high in the corporate ladder you are, you still need to be a servant. No matter how big you can become, you still need to carry a servant's heart, a heart that says, I am here to serve. So, so that even if you're a boss to quite a number of people, you are serving them. You are there with the attitude to say, I am serving the people that are my subordinates. I am serving the people who are here to work under me. Why you have the heart of a servant and you will then excel in what you are doing. You will excel in what God has given you. Matthew chapter number 20, verse number 26, the Bible says, yet it shall not be to among you but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. So that's the equation of promotion in the kingdom of God. That the one who desires to be the greatest among you must be the one who is the servant. So in other words, I'm, if I desire to be great, I must carry the heart of a servant and serve. I must not then, sometimes people get a promotion and as soon as they are promoted, then everyone else is nothing around them. Why they don't carry the heart of a servant? We need to carry that heart and then we are going to be made great and we will be promoted. Number six, excellent hospitality. The Bible says his cup bearers. That is First Kings 10, verse number five, still the deep heart. It says his cup bearers. They were hospitable. So in other words, build with the spirit of generosity. Hospitality requires a generous heart. And we need to excel in that grace. We need to excel in the grace 
of being generous. We need to excel in the grace of giving and in the grace of generosity. We need to do that so that we can be able to build in an excellent way. Second Corinthians chapter number 8, verse number 7. The Bible says, But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. But, gener but generous people, in the NLT it says, but generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. That is Isaiah chapter number 32, verse number 8 in the NLT. It says, but generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. Build with a generous heart. Don't be a stingy person. As you are busy building, as you are busy building, because the Bible says given, it will be given back to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men give into your bosom? So you can give quite a lot of things. You can give kindness. You can be generous at work just by being kind, and you will get it back from them. Don't say, because this guy is not my equal. I'm the boss here. Then I'm not going to be kind. I'm not even going to smile and greet people because they must know I'm the boss. They must know who's in charge. So I'm not going to even greet people. You will be shocked who will help you at some point. It might be the very person that is less than you. So then you need to be generous even in your kindness. As you are busy building in your marriage, so kindness. Uh, we, we were invited with Mfundisi uh, uh, to go and speak to the prison warders uh, at correctional services. I want to say prison warders because uh, each time I was telling people that I'm from the correctional services, they thought I was there to talk to uh, the offenders. And I was not there to talk to the offenders. We were there to talk to the prison warders uh, uh, um, in as far as marriage is concerned because they saw that people are very much unproductive. And most of them, it is because they have problems in as far as marriage is concerned. So then it comes out when they are supposed to be productive at work. So the, the, the boss there put together, uh, I think, three prisons, and then the prison warders came together. Then we went there with Mfundis. I said to them, it was on Thursday, I said to them, right, Pastor, Thursday, yeah, it was on Thursday. I said to them, there are people who are kind to everyone but those who are around them. In such a way that as a spouse, you wish you could be around people every day because this person is so kind around people. But as soon as you get home, you find another version of this person. The kindness sort of just goes away. Right? But in most cases, it's because we have hurt each other so much in such a way that we can't even be kind. And then I said, even if you have been hurt, sow kindness. Just be the first to sow kindness. And you will see in no time that seed will grow and it will yield fruits. 
and you will begin to harvest kindness from your spouse. So the same thing as we are building our, 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 our destinies, as we are building our callings, our families, and everything that God has given us where we want to prosper, we need to be people who are generous. And so, so every day, so kindness, so gifts, so in the, even in the spirit, be a kind person who sows even a church, a person who does not hold grudges in as far as giving is concerned, when it's time to give, and just be a giver, and then it will rub on you, and then you will become an excellent and a generous builder. A generous person. Why? Because as you practice it, the spirit comes upon you. That's how the spirit of excellence will come upon you. Even as a giver, sometimes when you start, you do it with, with, and, and your heart is like saying, oh my God, this thing is painful. But until the spirit comes upon you, and when the spirit has come upon you, you do it with ease. Why? Because you are now a generous person. Same with the people that you are building your business with, you're building your career with. Be generous. Be kind. You may force yourself at first, but at some point, the spirit will come upon you and you will be able to do it with ease. Somebody say amen. Number one, number, number seven. This is the last one. Number seven, excellent approach. Excellent approach. Build with a godly conduct. The Bible says there's still number, verse number five, it says, and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, how he conducted himself. That was notable. That was notable. And the Bible says, uh, in the book of First Peter, chapter number two, verse number 12, it says, having your conduct honorable, among the, Gentile, the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, but your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. Your conduct, how you conduct yourself. Let your approach be excellent. Be a person who has godly conduct. Make godly conduct fashionable in your life and in your calling. Conduct yourself in a godly manner. Conduct yourself in a manner that will cause kings to want you to stand before them. They will invite you to stand before them. Why? Because of the way you conduct yourself. There is nothing as painful as trying to elevate someone and you take them and you put them before great people and they can't conduct themselves in a proper manner. Learn to conduct yourself in a proper manner so that then you can be positioned for promotion, so that you can be pro positioned for prosperity. Then the Bible says the queen of Sheba gave to Solomon. In fact, the Bible says she had no breath left in her. 
Why? Because of all of these things, all of these seven things that she experienced, that she observed, that she saw in the temple of Solomon. And that's why then Solomon was able to be given by the queen of Sheba such great uh, 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 gold and silver and everything else that the queen of Sheba left there in the temple of Solomon. It was because of the excellent way that Solomon conducted himself. It was because of the excellent way that Solomon built the temple of the Lord and everything that he put in place inside the temple of the Lord. It caused the queen of Sheba to be an audience of one for, for King Solomon. A whole queen in her own right said, let me go and see what Solomon is doing. She did not come empty-handed, but she came with great things. Even spices, says the, says the Bible. It says it, they have never been seen such great gold and spices than that, which the, uh, than that which the queen gave to King Solomon. So in other words, you can see that money goes to those who have money already. Because Solomon was very rich, but he was excellent in how he did the, what he was supposed to do. And then the queen was able to give him even more. Could it be that we lack because we do not carry the spirit of excellence? Could it be that we are not promoted because we don't carry the spirit of excellence? Remember earlier on I said, it is also taking the little that you have and doing your best with it. So don't wait until you are promoted before you can excel. Excel now where you are and I promise you then you will prosper through excellent behavior through excelling in what you are doing i promise you you will prosper and start with what you have the little that you have start with with, with what you have the little position that you may have gotten start there and excel find help if needs be find someone who's going to help you structure yourself in what you are doing and i promise you you will excel and then you will see god prospering you that's how king solomon became the richest king. It was because money came to him upon money. He prospered because he carried the spirit of excellence. May the spirit of excellence come upon us this morning as we stand. Hallelujah. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.